generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Matthew chapter 14, we're continuing along the lines of God's prosperity system. Don't forget that uh, a message within our new series or as a part of our new series called Beggars, Sowers, Diggers, and Builders. So Matthew 14 verse 13, it says, When Jesus heard it, heard what? That his brother, his cousin rather, John the Baptist had died. He departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. I don't know who that word, this word is for. But you don't need to send the people away because God has given you the resources required to sustain them. Somebody, you don't need to fire that staff because God has given you the resources to keep them employed. Somebody, you don't need to say no to that opportunity because God has provided a way to keep that going. And then the word says, he said to them, Give them something to eat. Verse 17 says, And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, Bring them to me. Then he commanded the Moses to sit on the grass, and he took the five loaves, of, uh, five loaves and two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the Moses. So see this. A critical element in the miracle of multiplication is given. The first thing Jesus said is that give them something to eat. So that's the first thing. Give them something to eat. If I don't have enough, give them something to eat. So the first dimension of giving we see there is them giving them something to eat. So I don't have anything. So go find out what you have. Next thing they found what they had. And then Jesus said, give me what you have. Are you seeing this now? And after they give to Jesus what they had, then Jesus lifted it up to heaven and gave thanks. Are you seeing how many times there is giving? In the cycle of multiplication, because some people are like, no, 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 I don't want to give anything. No, giving is integral to God's design for multiplication. Come on, somebody. So give them something to eat. They gave him the five loaves. He gave God thanks. Are you seeing that? Then he gave disciples, okay, uh, the loaves of bread, and then the gave. So there were five elements of giving in this miracle of multiplication. Now, if you're going to prosper in any way, financially, economically, emotionally, spiritually, environmentally, psychologically, psychographically, pedagogically, legally, and legitimately, giving must be hardwired into the operations, the procedures of your life. Now, oftentimes when we talk about giving people think about money, that's important, but it's not just about money. Giving time, ideas, counsel, giving a listening ear, giving optimism, energy, support, affirmation, validation, encouragement, media space, Space in your heart to the right people, not to jokers, to the right people. Given must be hardwired. So we see that, that it was the given uh, that pivoted the different elements of change. Now the thing about giving is that every time you give, and give the right with the right intention, there's an amplification of what it is that God wants to do in your life. So take note of that. Now today what we're going to look at are the seven things I've listed last week that I couldn't exhaust, right? Uh, but pay attention to them. And as we pay attention to them, check out what I'm walking us through. Let me just read a couple of things that will help you. Number one is that I want to realize 
that God is not trying to take away from you when such modest prosperity system is trying to give so much more to you. So pay attention to the references I read and after this next seven things, seven points, I'm going to return to add just a few more elements to it before we close the service. Are we game? Are we game? Are you ready for that? Alright, so what I'm wearing is going to change now. Don't be surprised. It's not a kind of miracle. It's a miracle of technology. Pay attention to the seven things right now and I'll talk to you. Now, let me give you the seven points. Number one, if you're going to align with God's prosperity system, you must embrace God's wisdom. Embrace God's wisdom. Embrace God's wisdom. Embrace God's wisdom. I can't say that too many times. The very first thing is you must embrace God's wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 13 to 16, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding for her proceeds are, proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. It says, blesses the man who finds wisdom. In other words, wisdom requires a search, requires searching, requires investment of time, energy, intentionality. It says that the proceeds of wisdom, they are better than the profits of silver and her gain more than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all things you may desire cannot compare to her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Wisdom brings wealth. Type down the comment box, wisdom brings wealth. You need to em embrace God's wisdom. Look at what Proverbs chapter 8 verse 12 says. It says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. Proverbs 8 verse 12. Proverbs 8, 18 to 21 says, Riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness. Can you see that? You don't have to choose between righteousness and riches. You don't have to. Because that's what the wrong message was. The wrong message was, Oh, if you are rich, you cannot be righteous. And if you are righteous, you cannot be rich. See what wisdom says in Proverbs 18, uh, Proverbs 8, 18 to 21. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness. So if you have righteousness without riches, you have wisdom in a dimension, but not the entirety of it. If you have riches but no righteousness, you have a dimension of wisdom, most possibly, if you got the riches the right way, but not the embodiment of it. It says, my fruit is better than gold. Yes, than fine gold. And my revenue, what I produce, is better than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of justice that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth. So wisdom produces wealth. Somebody say that. Wisdom produces wealth. Say that louder. Wisdom produces wealth. If you are perpetually poor, you might need to examine your wisdom quotient. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Oh yeah, that's harsh. But that's worth looking at. Don't forget my choice of watch. You might need to examine your wisdom quotient. Could it be possible that some of us think we're wise when we're really not wise? Maybe we're wise in a certain area, but we're not wise in certain areas that call for our attention. It says, in the midst of justice, it says, my revenue is better than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst. So I travel the way of righteousness. So in the path of righteousness, there's provision for wealth. That I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may feel their treasures. Let me give you the last one. Proverbs 13, verse 7. There is one who makes himself rich yet has nothing, and one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. So I'm saying God's system. Why? Because the difference between man's system of prosperity and God's system of prosperity, the end 
of man's system of prosperity is death, damnation, depression, weakness, infirmity, and all of that. The end of God's system of prosperity is life and peace, fulfillment, and joy, and transgenerational blessing, as in the case of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. So man's wisdom, sadly, and it's junk. I'm working on an e-book on this one. I'm working on a series of e-books. There's one on, I'm not a beggar anymore. There's one on the passports of prosperity. There's going to be one on this one, GPS. So there's certain things I'm going to skip for time's sake. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but get the e-book. First Kings 4, 29 to 34. It tells us the story of Solomon. It says that God gives Solomon exceedingly great understanding. Exceedingly great. A largeness of heart. And it was wiser than all men. And the Bible makes it very clear that people came, they were attracted by his wisdom. And when they came to his wisdom, what did they bring? Wealth. Because wisdom attracts wealth. You see that now. Wisdom produces wealth. Wisdom attracts wealth. Number two, obtain godly financial wisdom. Why am I saying this? The first one is obtain or align with God's wisdom. Embrace God's wisdom. General wisdom. Why? Because if you don't embrace God's wisdom and you embrace on godly financial wisdom, what will happen is that you start chasing money. You start running after money. You start lusting after money. You start killing people for money because man's wisdom will sacrifice people for money. But God's wisdom will sacrifice money for people. Right. So man's wisdom uses people to make money. <laughs> but God's wisdom uses money to make people, to make disciples. You see that now. But number two is obtain godly financial wisdom. Spirituality without intelligence disconnects you from true wisdom. Spirituality without intelligence disconnects you from, from true wisdom. That's why in our text in John chapter 6, don't forget, or rather in, in the book of Matthew chapter 14, Jesus said to them, go and see what you have. Go and find what you have. God is very deliberate about that. God is very insistent about that. God makes it clear that see, there is a provision plan, but I want you to apply your mind. Find wisdom. Engage the system. Don't just stand there waiting for me to do everything for you. Go there and get something done. Somebody say embrace financial wisdom. Shout aloud that embrace financial wisdom. Jesus said, go and see what they have. That's part of it. Learning the systems of money. Learning how money works. Do you know anything about treasury bills? Do you know anything about government bonds? Do you know anything about investing in farms? Do you know anything about annuities, about dividends? Do you know anything about investing in the stock market? Eh? I'm not talking about stock fish. I'm talking about stocks and bonds. Yes. Do you know anything about structuring your business and your organization? Do you know what the share capital means? Do you have intelligence in that area? Do you have financial wisdom? You need to apply that. The Holy Spirit gives us revelation. Men give us information. But our revelation can be impeded in its flow if we don't have certain streams of information. <laughs> so you need the information from men so that the revelation from the Holy Spirit can find full expression in the affairs of your life. I've told the story before. David was going to pursue, overtake, recover all. Before he could do that, God had given him the word. But before he could know where to run, watch this. He had to rely on the intelligence of the Egyptian slave who was fainting. He gave the Egyptian slave food and water, bread and water. And that man was strong and told him the right direction. So the fact that you have the revelation of prosperity does not mean you have the direction to prosperity. Get this, get this, get this, get this, get this. The fact that you have the GPS does not mean that you know how to interpret it. Do you know that sometimes you can have the GPS, you're looking at it, turn right, turn left, but you don't know where to turn. Because you need somebody 
who's possibly more apt in geography to tell you where to turn. I gotta move. Number three, news and meditate on God's promises of provision and prosperity daily. News and meditate on God's promises of provision and prosperity, prosperity daily. News and meditate on it daily. And the reference is just chapter one, verse eight. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it in a day and night and observe to do all that is written there. It says, when you do this, you shall make your way prosperous. So stop waiting for the rich uncle. Stop waiting for the busy pastor. Stop waiting for the godfather. Stop waiting for the godmother. Stop. When God is your father, focus on the word. What's the blueprint? What's the blueprint for supply today? Is it quail? Is it manna? What's the supply chain of heaven for my destiny in this season? And you know, the supply streams of heaven may change at different times, but the promises of God will never change. So write out four, five, seven scriptures of provision. Meditate on them. I wish we had them out of real out a couple for you. But look for that meeting. Number four, and I want to spend some time here. Number four, be diligent in your business and with your money. Be diligent with your business and with your money. Many believers are irritatingly lazy. Let me apologize. I'm, I should have apologized and prepared your mind before that. I'm not apologizing for what I'm saying. I'm apologizing that some people might still be embittered by the reality of this truth. They say, truth is bitter. So the truth will set you free. But somebody said, it's first of all going to tick you off before it sets you free. Many believers are irritatingly lazy. Many believers are unbelievably lazy. And here's the thing. If you are lazy in sowing, you will be lousy in reaping. See that? If you are lazy in sowing, you'll be lousy in reaping. If you are lazy in planting, you'll be lousy in harvesting. Many believers are lazy. Oh, God will do it. Oh, God will do it. Paul said, my God will supply all my needs. Yes, he said, my own hands have supplied my necessities. Is he contradicting the word of God? No. He understands that the word of God needs the works of men for practical application in affairs of productivity in the earth. Not affairs of intervention and miracles. And even miracles still require the participation of men on many occasions. Well, look at that. So look at the miracles in the Bible. In our text, Matthew 14, Jesus said to them, go and find what you have. Don't just come to me and say you need bread and fish. What do you have? What have you generated so far? If you're here, you're working on a business plan, a proposition, a plan, and you're trying to raise money, please start by raising about half of it yourself before you ask somebody for money and support. Oh yeah, it's a practical one today and it's intense. <laughs> That's what you do. If you can't raise half, raise a quarter. If you can't raise a quarter, raise 20%. But never expect anybody to invest in your dreams or projects more than yourself. If you have to sell something, sell it. If you have to work for somebody, work it. Come on, somebody. Don't just hang around there being lousy and lazy and expecting money to fall in your laps. You have no right. Watch this. You have no right to expect monetary returns if you're not doing one of those three things. Number one. If you are not serving people, number one, if you are not serving people, you have no right to expect money. Number two, if you are not solving problems, solving problems, you have no right. Number three, if you are not selling something, serving people, solving problems, selling something. You know what some people do? They have it all scrambled, all mixed up. So instead of serving people, you know what they are doing? They are serving problems. So everywhere they go, they are serving their problems. They are dishing out the problems. They are showing people, oh, this is my problem, this is my problem. They are serving, they are complicating problems. Right? Instead, instead of solving problems, they are solving people. <laughs> 
Then they try to analyze people. They calculate it. Hmm, how did they become that rich? How can he afford that rent? How did he buy that car? How did she get married? How did... Come on. <laughs> right? And instead of selling something, what are they doing? <laughs> oh my goodness. So you, you, you got to do this. You got to understand. You need to be diligent in your business. What's your business? Anything that concerns you. What's your business? Anything that concerns you is your business. <laughs> so, how do you manage your house? How do you manage your heart? How do you manage your time? How do you manage your energy? How do you manage your clients? How do you manage your boss? How do you manage, can you manage your leader? Yes. How do you respond? How do you align? How do you pacify? How, do, how diligent are you? All the miracles of supply in the Bible require the diligent participation of the people who are the beneficiaries of the miracles. Let me give you a couple of example, examples. When it is that Elisha said to the widow man, he said, the woman said, I don't have anything. Elisha said, what do you have? Investigate it. Go and find out wisdom. Go and seek wisdom. What's God's wisdom? The God's wisdom is expressed in the seed in a tiny little bit. So she went, found a little bit of oil. He said, go and borrow vessels, not a few. Elisha was saying, essentially, I will multiply the oil for you, but I will not borrow the vessels for you. God will multiply the oils for you, but he's not going to draft the proposal for you. He's not going to design the slides for you. He's not going to do the business plans for you. He's not going to market the customers for you. You might enjoy some kind of support or ease at some point, but it's not a typical model. You have to do the work. Somebody shout, I have to do the work. I didn't say say that. I said shout, I have to do the work. Holler it off the top of your lungs. Say, I have to do the work. I need to stop hanging around and hoping that things will fall in my lap like gold dust will fall in my bank account or some kind of strange money will show up. I have to do the work. He said, go and see what you have. Jesus' first public miracle where he said, he turned water to wine. He turned the water to wine, but they still had to fetch the water. God will turn your water to wine, but you still have to fetch the water. You still have to carry the drum on your head or the basin on your head or the bowl on your head and fetch the water. And you still have to serve the wine as well. Don't expect God to fetch the water. God already created the water. Now you fetch it. God already created the water. Fetch it. Oh, that's a good one. God already created the water. Fetch that water, people. Fetch it. Carry it. Do you know what it means to carry the water? Some weight. You get drenched in the process. But then we just want to see, feel cool. Feel cool and write a request. What are you doing with your time, with your energy, with your money? Borrow vessels, not a few. I'll multiply the oil, but I won't borrow the vessels for you. And there's a reason I wish I could talk about that. The four lepers, they were lepers, they were rejected. They said, why sit we here till we die? The disciples had to go get the, the food, the bread and fish from the boy. They had to search. Imagine how difficult it was going through 5,000 people. Anybody with bread and fish here? Anybody with any food here? Is there anybody who wants anything? Is anybody who wants anything? 12 people had to search amongst 5,000 men. Do the math. Each of them had to look through an average of 400 people. 400, an average. Possibly more than that. Investigate. Do the work. And please avoid get rich schemes, scams, shut, you know, all those things. Kalo Kalo. <laughs> get rich quick scams, ponzi schemes. Avoid that. Proverbs 13, verse 11 says, Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished. But he who gathers by labor will increase. Wealth gained by dishonesty will di diminish, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Proverbs 13, verse 11. Proverbs 13, verse 11 amplified. 
version. It says, wealth obtained by fraud dwindles. But he who gathers gradually by honest labor will increase his riches. He says, the wealth that gained by fraud, you scam people, you fraud people. Now, let me just speak to scammers. If you're a scammer, you're watching this, you stumbled on this, you're watching this, your future is not bright. I'm not the one who's saying it. The Bible is saying that. It says that that wealth is going to be frittered, it's going to diminish. The future is bleak for the person. Watch this. The future is bleak for the person who wants to rob another person of the brightness of their future. The future cannot be bright for a person who is actively robbing other people of the brightness of their future. If you're a scammer, your future is not bright. So no scamming, no scamming, no spamming, no scamming. All that stuff, you know, doing illegal stuff on the internet and all, you better just shut it down, right? Proverbs 28, 19 to 20, he says, he who tills his land, he who tills his land, break it up, sow into it, will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. So he's saying that if you till your land, what's your land? God calls you to ministry, that's your land. God calls you to corporate training, personal development, that's your land. God calls you to coaching, that's your land. God calls you to relationship, family life, that's your land. God calls you to tech, designing apps, technology, designing websites, that's your land. God calls you to engineering, telecoms, that's your land. God calls you to real estate, to marketing, that's your land. God calls you to PR, media advertising, that, what is your land? Type your land in the chat box right now. Type, 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 type your land in the chat box and say, I will till that land. When we get to digging, we'll talk about this, what it means to till. In other words, there is wealth beneath the surface of every land. And if all you see to that land is what's growing on top of it, you will lose out on the depths of divine resources that have been strategically positioned in there, but will never evolve or come forth except you are diligent enough to go below the surface. Proverbs 28 verse 22, he says, He who has an evil eye, an evil and envious eye, hurries to be rich. But he does not know that poverty will come upon him. Poverty will come upon him. <laughs> God planted the garden for Adam, but he did not tend the garden for him. Jesus stole water to wine, but he didn't fetch the water for them. Jesus helped Peter to catch a mighty draught of fish, but he never cast the nets for Peter. God has given you a land to possess, but he's not going to till the land for you. High five yourself and say, damn Lola, till the land. Do not be lazy, do not sleep, do not slumber. The Proverbs 6, 9 to 11 says, how long will you slumber? Oh, Lord God, when, you, when will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty. Somebody say, I dodge Somebody say I dodge him. Somebody say I dodge him. Somebody say I dodge him. It says your poverty can come, will come upon you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Which seems to suggest that every human being has a dimension of poverty looking for them. But the way to escape it is to wake up, to work hard and to walk in the wisdom of God. Somebody say wake up, work hard and walk in the wisdom of God. Number five. Proverbs 21 verse 5, 5 says, The plants of diligence lead surely to plenty, but those who, who but those of everyone who is hasty, surely to poverty. So hastiness will surely lead to poverty. Don't get it twisted. Number five, honor God with your substance. Honor God with your substance. Number five, honor God with your substance. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. <laughs> what does it say? Honor the Lord with your possessions. Materials. Let's look at all your singing. See, it's okay to sing, it's okay to preach, it's okay to write, but that's not all God wants from you. God wants your substance. It's in the Bible. God wants your resources. 
as long as something is coming in, you need to take a portion of that and give it to the Lord. I'm not the one saying that it's God. And you see, these are the simple things that people violate and they expect things to change. Things will never change. <laughs> it's like you're trying to get to a destination when you've not moved from where you are. Even if you teleport, a part of you moves, right? Honor the Lord with your substance. Don't just give to the Lord honor. There's a difference between giving and honoring. Honoring means that you are intentionally attributing value to someone. And from the place of thoughtful appreciation, you are setting aside something that reflects that weight of honor, that expresses it. You see that now. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your bands will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, some people ask the question, should I do first fruits or not? It's left to you in the New Testament. You're not under compulsion. You're not under compulsion. But these are principles that the Lord has put in his word. And the more you align with the principle, the more <laughs> the promised returns will find expression in your life. But the principle is God first. That's the principle. God first. Out of everything that comes in, 2,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 or 100 million dollars, and that will come for some people here in a few years. God first. That's honor. You don't give God what's left at the bottom. God first. Oh, but I have needs. Oh, but you're still wearing clothes. You're still brushing them out with toothpaste that you bought. So as long as you can spend money on other things, put God first. I will keep saying it until everybody gets it. Well, maybe not everybody. Until as many people whose hearts are yielded will get it. Because I want you to prosper. I want that for you. So honor the Lord with your substance. Have a portion of your giving that is dedicated to the Lord. Structure your giving in such a way that God is honored. Structure. Don't leave it to chance. The seeds you plant before God will determine the harvest you reap before men. The seeds you plant before God will determine the harvest you reap before men. The deaths you plow in God through sacrifice will determine the heights you will rise with substance before men. The deaths you plow with God by sacrifice will determine the heights you rise to before men with substance. So honor the Lord. Let it not be you working this thing over and over in your mind. The truth is you never exceed your seeds. Watch that. You never exceed your seed. By divine design, seeds are designed to be greater than the fruits that bear them. The people that bear them. That's why it's every good parent's desire that their children will be greater than them. Or that their children will leverage their own great name to produce greater than what they produce. Are you seeing that now? So, your seeds succeed you because they are the passports to the next phase of your life, the next generation. Your seeds precede you because they go ahead of you. And your seeds exceed you. So, your seeds precede you, succeed you, exceed you. What's the quality of the seed you're placing in the earth? Number six, honor people with your resources. Cast your bread upon many waters. Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, 1 to 2. Cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. Give a servant to seven and also to eight for you do not know what evil will be upon the earth. He who observes the wind will not sow. See that now? The person that is waiting for everything to be perfect. Verse 4 now. The one that is waiting for everything to be perfect says if you observe the wind you will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. <laughs> So if you observe the wind and you're not sowing, how will you reap when the clouds are heavy? You see that? The point here is, if the winds alone discourage you from sowing, that means that you've lost the battle against the clouds. 
And what the word is saying here is that when he wants to sow, there will always be winds. The winds of doubt, the winds of confusion, the winds of, winds of bills, the winds of opposition, the winds of unpleasant surprises. But guess what? When you want to reap as well, there will be clouds. So this is what I want to say to somebody who wants to sow with their winds around you. Sow anyway. And I also want to encourage somebody who already sowed and they are clouds. The presence of clouds is not proof that your harvest is not there. When there are clouds, it's dark and it's heavy. Somebody right now, there's heaviness around your life. But can I announce to you that you're in your harvest season. You're in your harvest time. You're in the moment of harvest, season of harvest. You have honored the Lord and the Lord is going to honor you. Galatians 6, 6 to 10. It says, let him who is not the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. What's it talking about here? Given to spiritual teachers. Given to the person who teaches you the word. I'm not the person saying that. It's the word saying that. <laughs> and it says that God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For those who don't believe in sin or reaping, here it is. Right after speaking about giving material things. And just before speaking about giving material things. For he who sows to his flesh will of, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good. Not only to the spiritual teacher, not only to the pastor. He says, let us do good when we have the opportunity to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. So God expects to give to your pastor, but he also expects to give to everybody as long as you have opportunity. You know. So don't feel guilty, pressured, subdued. But when the Lord resists you, after you've honored God, after you've honored spiritual teachers in your life, after you've put something aside, give somebody something. Somebody bought a phone, send them airtime. Somebody bought a car, buy a fuel for them. Somebody's getting married, you don't have a lot of money, no problem. Gift voucher, fruit baskets, if they're in the country. <laughs> okay, let it be a part of the line. Number seven is this, I'm gonna end with this. Sow your life. Sow your life. The greatest seed you can ever sow is not money, is not time, is not energy. It is the seed of yourself. John 12, 24, it says the greater we falls to the ground and dies, the buys alone. But if it dies, it brings forth so much more. Go 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 so much more. 
Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. Go so much more. 
so much more. Go 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 so much more. The generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.